Pappenhausen. Oh, picked up and dumped. George Williams, you can do it all. You can do it. Oh, yes, we can. And yes, we will. G'day everyone, welcome to episode 213 and Not The Footy Show. I'm Warwick Nicholson and over there, we are back in the Rugby League, Cox Smith. Welcome back, Mr. Rob Cox. G'day, mate. How are you doing? Monday, the uh, Monday after the first round back from coronavirus uh, pandemic uh, panic and all that sort of stuff. Yep, back. Good to be back. Good to be back, mate. I've got some Rugby League eight games in the can and I'm titling this podcast, uh, One Ref and 50,000 Completions. That's what we're calling uh, rugby league now because all the yep. stats that we've seen since they've basically been taking stats seriously have been blown out of the water in one weekend, Cocksmith. Have mm. you ever seen I, I reckon the completion stat is useless. I'll just put it up there. But much ado about nothing. I, <sighs> completions, what's your take? Because we saw a billion of them on the weekend. Oh well I, I love the completion stat actually as a uh uh, as a one-time junior coach, uh, completions were everything for me. Um, so yeah, I, I, I like the I like the completion stat. It usually tells you how a team's going, but sometimes sometimes it, it it's a little bit fuzzy, you know. And uh, first weekend back, uh, yeah, I got a bit to say about the way they played, but but really, I, I don't know if you can take too much into stats in the first week, first probably the first month back. Once we've gone through another three or four rounds. I think that's when the stats will start to make a bit more sense. I've trapped you a little bit there because I am going to go later on in the podcast and ask you how you what you think of Mayor McGregor and Dean Pay, who both are in love with completions. And I'm sure that your uh, viewpoint on both of them will be a little bit different. So I apologise for setting the honey trap for you there, <laughs> Big Thanks. Bear. Uh, we're going to get into episode 213 after the break here on The Footy Show. Plenty to talk about all the round three action uh, and some hot takes. We've seen some classic hot takes in the last 48 hours and we're going to add some of our own here on Not The Footy Show, episode 213. Not The Footy Show. And at the moment, they've got a pair of halves there and I, I, I don't like being disrespectful to them, but they're just not going to compete with the top teams. We saw that tonight. Mm. Mate, they had a thousand chances and they go nowhere. They don't do anything. It's not like ice, buddy. When I don't like you, you've got problems. Okay, we're back. It's 2-1-3. Rob Cox over there. Warwick Nicholson here. Mate, we went onto YouTube last week and I cut the show up a little bit. Mm. Right. And I put our six again, 15 minutes, whatever he spent on it. Yep. It went nuts over the weekend. The biggest downside, unfortunately, is that our take wasn't overly positive. And uh, so everyone who's seen our video over the course of the last three days is going, what are these two nifnuffs on about? Because what we've seen, Cocksmith, is actually, I think, a, a positive. Even yeah. though our viewpoint was more around how do they police repeated infringements and uh, the sin bin and all that kind of stuff. That's really where we we, we dive into. Mm. Uh, the initial way that the six again has been handled, the one referee has been handled, what is your view and are you still pos- are, you, are you positive towards it or do you think we need some uh, tinker, tinker, soldier spy? No, I, I like the one referee, mate. I like the one referee for a couple of reasons because with the two referee system, they were onto everything, everything. Like... Like uh, the great Gus Goulding once said, you know they they don't. They, 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 sometimes the referees are like are like uh, highway patrol blokes hiding behind a bush with a little radar gun and gotcha, you know. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if people want that. 
I don't know if people want the fans want the nitpick. Um, you know, I, I think as long as it's fair for both teams and there's not the referees and picking on one team, I think some yeah. things can just be let go. And I don't mean to let a team cheat. I just mean there are some discretional infringements that can just be let roll for the sake of the game rolling forward. I think the six to go thing was fantastic. I liked the way that it was implemented. We did see some sim binnings on the weekend, so that yes. hasn't completely disappeared. But they weren't. They were more professional fouls than they were yeah. indiscretions in the play of the ball. That's yeah. the, that was the difference in that. Yeah. I, you know what? I, I've actually come to believe after one week, and, and I, I, my book is still open on this, but I've come to, to believe that I think, I think the, the, the six to go is actually a bigger penalty than marching someone over and saying, mate, if you don't get off him, you'll be gone next time. Six to go, buddy. If you want to do this, we can just I can just line up twenty four tackles at your line, and you know they're going to score against you. So I, I think in some instant instances, it's better to go the six to go. The, the the players don't have a chance to whinge; they can whinge on the run if they want. Yeah. But it's not going to. I do like anything. that. That that was that was enjoyable. Yeah, and uh, and I and I think yeah, I I, I think that it's uh, I think it's a good thing. I think Mister Valandis or whoever came up with this particular um, tweak of the rules. Um, has done well so far. I think it's as long as the referees keep doing it. I don't know about the siren that they let off. If, if you're like, you feel you like mean, you're it's in, the smoke alarm that goes off in your house. You feel like you're in an and air you get raid. Get up and you go with my house on fire every time you hear that little. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't figure it out what it was at first when I was at the game yesterday, and I'm like, oh, that's that, that's that bloody. But that's quite through the speakers at the ground. Yeah, you were at uh, Campbelltown yesterday, weren't you, for yeah. Panthers and Knights for yeah. ninety thousand minutes? Yes. Um, uh, I like how it was interpreted I think especially at the start of the matches they were really they were finger on the on the button and mm. they were ready to call it uh, I do have some reservations still surrounding how it's applied really from the 60th minute onwards mm-hmm. uh, I did notice in a few of the games I watched most of the games pretty closely this weekend um, that it got lax towards the end of games where they were the other team, one team was running away with it. Mm-hmm. Now, it didn't necessarily stop the team who was running away with it scoring points, that they didn't get more six again. I think it's yeah. just, I think it's something you really touched on last podcast around teams that are out of the games so who's going to go, well, let's focus on next week rather than kill yeah. ourselves in the last 20. Mm. Uh, and, and that is a concern that it's not going to be necessarily um, enforced towards the end of matches. Some teams are really good at it uh, in terms of, I think the Roosters on Friday night nailed what you have to do in regards to the play of the ball because we saw on the Thursday, hand on the ball, It's if you put hand on the ball in the Melbourne game as well, you're cactus because the yeah. referee's watching for that. He's watching for hand on the ball. What he can't legislate as easily is numbers on top of the player. So well, if you're playing the ball and you've been tackled, the Roosters was just, they were sandwiching. Yeah. They were, they were out peeling off. So that way, off, yeah. slower, slower, slower. No one putting their hand in as much. Mm. I mean, Hargraves is still pretty good at it, but um, they were pretty good at just Squashing the player, so it was a slower play the ball in regards to that. And what helps yeah. the Roosters is their front-on contact against South was so intense that the player who was getting hit, I mean, he just wanted to get to the ground. He yeah. just got smashed. Yeah. So that is something that I saw the Roosters do really well. Melbourne against Canberra, Sofa Solomona just couldn't help himself. A few players couldn't help themselves. I thought Cameron Smith, actually, I watched him really closely. He was pretty good at getting away from um, hand-on ball. He yeah. was trying the whole arm around the... Um, torso yeah. on top. That's what he was. That's his one of his bread and butter plays. But they were doing that more often. Jesse Bromwich was also doing that. So Melbourne got sung a little bit, but not heaps. Mm-hmm. I think they just got off a little bit more and they stopped 
trying to do as much slowing down the play ball. So what I've seen from that is really good. The one referee I love because he's seeing it through his eyes only. Yeah. There was, I think, maybe two or three examples where I reckon the bunkers had little words to referees across yep. the weekend, but it wasn't, it wasn't something that you went, that was the bunker, that was the bunker, that was the bunker. Yeah. So that was great to see. Yeah. The 10, look, I can live with a 10 being inconsistent. I don't mind that. That's, that's another part of the whole fatigue yeah. element. It's a human game. game, mate. It's not a robotic game, you know, and it shouldn't so be. So not having that second ref is great. And yeah. the the completions that then resulted, I mean, someone, I think it was, uh, I think it could have been Alexander. He was doing the Warriors game and he lost it over the fact the Warriors completed 40 from 40. Impressive, don't get me wrong. But that 40 from 40 is probably 30 from 30 two, weeks, oh, two rounds ago and we didn't have the... It's still 100% game. though. Still, it was impressive, and it was there was when um, my fat mate was walking. He was on his way to work, and he goes to me, "If Andrew Voss was commentating this game, he would have lo- like he would have had a a party. <laughs> he would have been all over that stat the entire second half, riding it home, yeah. like Farlap. Mm. Um, and in the end, they obviously made a couple of errors. But I'm watching um, the games pretty intensely, and and the stats that came up, and, and Parramatta on the Friday night, they got two back to back, I think, in one set of six. Yep. Like two six again restarts. Yep. So after three minutes, they're three from three on completions. So if I wanted to come back to that whole completions thing with being a little bit inflated, I think that's where this stat is very interesting to see how it's applied from the statisticians. Because also, if you're giving away six again, it's no longer a penalty against your name. Is it an error? What, no. Do they have to come up with a new stat yeah. about how they monitor this? Yeah. Because um, I wonder if that impacts your completion percentage if it's a six again. Yeah. Because it's the other. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I know what you're saying. I, I don't, I don't know, uh, I don't know how that stat. I, I don't know who it gets credited to, or mm. or credited against. Um, but um, I know what you're saying. You know, it, it can be a little bit misleading if they get to if they get to tackle three and they get a six again. That's counted as a, as a completion of a set. Um, that could even happen on tackle two. Uh, I mean, the th- theoretically, also, if you knock the ball down, you give away a penalty to complete set. I get, I get that. That's it's just this is so much on the run, and and the the one area where I think the six again, and it's not. I think it's actually a good thing for the defence in some respects. But I did notice Manly were good at it last night, um, and I saw a few other instances. But and remember, Manly played last of the eight yeah. games, yeah. so they would have seen how it. Yeah, uh, something that you can get away with. If your, play, your team has just given away a six again, zero, that next tackle, spend 70 hours in the play the ball if you want to. Mm. Let your team get back on side mm. because the referee ain't going to call six again straight away. He's going to give, and I noticed it with Jake Trevojevic got away with that at least twice. Yeah. Take your time on that next tackle. Let your defense set. Like it's a surrender re- tackle. What's he going to do? What's he going to do? He's, he's going to call six again. Doesn't well, he cost might, you anything. He might penalize you. But then you get a break. So there's no... There's not a huge negative to mm. taking longer on that that very next tackle. Now, yeah, it I, may, I, I it know may, it's the way I saw the game, and, and yeah. I thought, thought that was what Manly may have done. It could just be the way I'm interpreting it. Mm. But that is a little little uh, what's the word quirk in how I think teams will start to defend it. I, I do think I do think Jake I do think Jake or somebody like Jake though would be in a different mindset if they weren't leading by thirty and they were actually trailing by eight. Um, it, that I think the I think your awareness would be much more uh, that I could get penalised again here, or I could get sin bin for doing a professional foul on a, on a mm. zero tackle. But I know what you're saying uh, players players do have a very fast way. Players and teams and coaches 
uh, very fast to adapt to certain things and they and they do push the limit all the time and that's why they're professional rugby league players. Yeah. But I think that you'll find that that the the referees will have they're probably talking about the same thing right now and they probably will be looking at that um, to see what kind of um, uh, you know what plays are being played at certain moments because of this new rule change, and what what's a you know what kind of uh, is the history of of what the players are doing? Okay, so they're always laying on tackle zero. Um, yeah, so they'll look at they'll look at the story being built there. Be very interesting to see if that if we're going to see it, we're going to see it in this next week. Yeah, yeah. Teams will be sitting at home going, or well, at video sessions going. Could have spent longer there. Could have spent longer there. Sure. Um, and it's and. As I say, referees, I think they'll be aware of it as well. Mm. And I'm not saying we're the first people ever to notice it, but mm. it's just as you're looking for that competitive advantage or to stop the disadvantage really is what it is. Yeah. It's that that initial quick one. Um, and, yeah, I, I just give it a big tick. It, it's so far, it's good. This, the game, it's funny. We were Everyone was going nuts, the commentators. Oh, this is great. One of the greatest games I've ever seen. But We haven't had football for three months. I understand it. Uh I don't know if the quality of the football went through the roof, but it was refreshing to see. Does that make sense? Mm, I, I, I've got an issue with the attacking football that we saw on the weekend, which we'll talk about yeah. a little bit later, but uh, I don't think it was that great. Um, I, I heard some people doing backflips about the, the Penrith Knights game yesterday. I don't think it was all that good, to be honest no, with I, you. I, look, I, yeah, I think, it was, I think the Penrith Knight game, Knights game was a clear display of how dominant the two halves are in each team. Um, and when you lose them, how dour it can be. Um, so, well, it was hit up, hit up. I mean, the, yeah. if you saw the numbers of the back three for Penrith, I mean, that, that's how they... The reason Penrith didn't win that, and we'll get to them later, but the reason they didn't win that game, they were so busy trying to get up the field, they weren't trying to score points. Yeah. It was... They were looking for field position They should have won the game the about 40 minutes to go. Oh, absolutely. And they should, never um, have let, they should never have let the Knights score with three seconds to go on the clock. That's, and that's let's be honest, killer. the Knights should have won when oh, Bradman Best should have taken the ball himself. Mm. Uh, there was one other element to the weekend's um, coverage, which... I love it when I see a media organisation pat themselves on the back after about 30 seconds of a game. The crowd noise, Cocksmith. Now, you and I, uh, we went back and forth across the weekend. I know in a few other WhatsApp groups I was in, there was discussions about it. I didn't notice it on Thursday night until it was pointed out to me about 15 minutes into the game. Mm. I was watching the Fox Sports broadcast, but I knew it was coming because I'd seen uh, an article promoting the fact that they've come up with this whiz-bang technology that will fill the void in the stands. Yep. My explanation to you, I thought it was, is that if you can treat it like the ocean, you kind of know it's there, but unless you really listen for it, when you're near the beach, you mm. don't hear it. Yeah. But occasionally through the weekend, it was hitting you over the head like a sledgehammer, and other times I didn't notice it. I, I didn't hate it, but I certainly didn't think it was the greatest thing invented, a la what Fox Sports seemed to think and Channel 9. What was your view on the pumped-up crowd noise? Oh, look, it's, you know, how, how many times in the last... Uh, you know, I've been a, a footy fan for near on 40 years. How many times have yeah. you seen a game where there's nobody there? Never. It just hasn't happened. I mean, there's always at least 1,000 or 2,000 people there, even at Roosters games, you know. So we're, we're used to hearing some crowd level. So when you see a game, and they sh- they're shooting it a little bit differently too, by the way. I don't know if you noticed, mm-hmm. but they're not really going for the big wide shots anymore because there's no, no. one in the stands. There's no one in the stands. So... so um, I think it's one of those things, like you just said, if you live beside the ocean, you hear the ocean. If you watch a game of football, you hear the crowd. Um, I actually think uh, it annoys me because I know there's no crowd there. Um, it doesn't annoy me constantly, though, only when I think about it. 
And I think they've done a good job. I actually think the dynamic crowd noise, um, the way that they don't just have a, a soundtrack of crowd talking and clapping every now and then. It's designed to match the play. And, and I, I think it's I think it adds to the, the viewing experience on TV. I, I think they're doing a great job with TV. I really do. I, I, I um, it's, it's a really weird, weird time to be at a live sports event with no people um, and yeah. to be able to maybe convince people at home or maybe even just to feel make the people at home feel a little bit more relaxed to watch the game and just you know business as usual kind of thing then i think that uh it's working it's working pretty well i i like it i really like it so you came around over the course of the weekend yeah it it annoyed me to begin with because i just i knew no Hmm. one was there but after thinking about it and after being at the game yesterday when there was nobody there um it's a better thing to have a bit of crowd noise yep where they where they are going to have to work out the kinks, I guess, is um, it obviously, it it peaks as the ball gets kicked in the air. That was a clear, mm. I, I wonder how they're doing it. My, my gut feel is that as someone who's actually monitoring a, um, like a isolator or whatever you want to call it, um, to, to go up and down with how the game is flowing. I, 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 uh, yeah, just, I, I think there's somebody, I think there's somebody watching the game live. And yeah, doing the levels. And I, and I reckon there's a few different tracks all running. And yeah. when something happens, they will bring up the excitement track and then drop it down. But there's always that that little bit of crowd noise there, which when you watch a game, it's not as much crowd noise as there is at the moment in the games because at the moment they've always got the crowd noise there. There's a bit of crowd noise the whole time. Yeah. Whereas at games, sometimes it's it's it can oh. be deathly silent. The hilarious part of a game, I remember back in the days when you could go to football, is that the crowd would be, oh, they're coming out, oh, you know, the music and you know, kick off, and the moment the ball got hit up for the first time, the whole place, yeah, goes the silence. Yeah, like it's scary how even with a big crowd that can happen. Um, so yeah. it could be one of those things where because we're not used to hearing that noise all the way through, we're hearing it more. Uh, they did have a moment in the Canberra game where I think it was in that second half where the Storm were on the attack all the time, and it would have been a Storm home game, but. The crowd's going nuts, and like Canberra had the ball for three tackles after they defused the kick. <laughs> yeah, someone was like, confused. Oh, Wrong just, side. Just, ease, just mm. ease it back a little bit. Um, yeah. Like Canberra did play pretty well. Uh, the other thing we had to get to, uh, just I guess as a, a reaction to the, the new things we saw on the weekend, is fans in the stands, mate. Um, the NRL has been uh, using the Xerox machine pretty hard over the last week or so. Mm. Uh, we both probably saw a few people that we knew in the stands across the weekend, mm. um, whether they'd actually sent in a uh, picture of themselves or not. There was some uh, classic stuff happening on social media, though. Uh, yeah, I didn't, the, uh, I, I didn't do much social media this weekend, but I obviously noticed the yeah. bollards with all the cutouts in the crowd. It was some, some of it was pretty good. Uh, I think uh, I did get sent one this morning from the Mae John show, which they may have jumped the shark a little bit on that, putting a uh, certain person from um, Europe in the 1940s on there. Um, really? Never funny. Someone with a mustache. <laughs> never funny. Uh, apparently. Um, anyway, that that was something they did. But look, the challenge that it came out this morning that apparently a serial killer got printed out. Oh no! Really? Uh, so it was always going to happen. Whoever came up with that idea going for a serial killer, you've thought about it way too much because clearly the poor person at the NRL proving some of this stuff. Uh, wouldn't know it was. I did see an interesting comment from Aaron Wallace, who's one of the stats guys at Fox Sports. And he was having a crack at, uh, it was only a roll or clubs, but at Campbelltown, the way that they'd pushed all the sponsors straight into those areas where the, the fans should be to be in the shot. Yeah. 
Did you notice that being at the ground, how high up the, the fans in the stands were compared to the sponsors? Because they were huge uh, sponsorship awnings across the Yeah, seats. no, there, there, there were some fans. There were actually some fans down on the fence, but the way they had it was they had them kind of in a – an outline of a, a rectangle and then they had most of the yeah so i guess it was just straight up to get more sponsor neds or something wasn't it or i don't know yeah and I'm, as i pointed out to aaron it's like well they pay their 22 dollars plus gst to get on there as well mm. uh, so you can't complain too much about that uh, look i understand the whole idea behind it um and look if you're willing to pay it good luck to you and i hope you get to see be seen on the big screen uh the other thing i did see on channel nine yesterday afternoon when i watched that game um, the uh, fans taking video of themselves and sending it through. Well, Every single one they nonsense. used. It's nonsense. You weren't watching the game. But everyone, everyone they used on Sunday had clearly been pre-recorded. Yeah. yeah. I'm just like, it, it, sometimes these ideas, they think they, they sound great, but it's like, I just think about the logistics of somebody sitting there on Instagram through the whole game and being able to turn around a video coming in from a DM to then getting it on the... So, like, it's just not logical. No, I don't know. It we, messes look, with my brain, mate. It does. Uh, we have covered off the important parts of the show. We're going to get to the football after the break on the footy show with our round three review. Could you imagine? Could you imagine taking a selfie video and oh, I'm going to send this to some people just are dying for stardom or something. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what it is. I mean, look at us. We're videotaping our uh, podcast on a Monday. That was your request. Give the people, got to give the people what they want, mate. Mm-hmm. More cocksmith. Stop it. Get some help. I'm Michael Jordan. Okay, it's episode 213. It's time for our round three review. We're going to quickly go through the games from the weekend. Because it's Monday, still pretty fresh in your minds, we might as well do it. Uh, and we've also had no football for three months. So our hot takes, although that's the last segment uh, on how your team is going, uh, will be pretty... Uh, Clear after we get through the matches. Mate, Thursday we saw the Broncos and the Eels um, and we saw a result that on the scoreboard said the Parramatta won convincingly. Yeah. Not really how the game unfolded. Um, It wasn't a smashing. Because Brisbane defended their their pants off with no ball. Mm. I think they had five sets in by like the 70th minute, the second half or something like that. It was... But Parramatta... I'd give them credit, though, because they, they didn't try and reinvent the wheel what they did. No, they just and did they what just they did last year. They just pressure, 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 yeah. and then we had the, the ability to, to knock them over in the end. Uh, a Broncos team that, it's funny, like you would have thought entering the year back right would have been their strength, but you take out a few players, and all of a sudden they were really struggling on the edges yeah. uh, last night, as well as uh, getting chomped uh, up through the middle. Uh, Para, you know... They're top of the comp because they're for and against. I'm not losing my sanity over how well they played. They were good. Uh, Dylan Brown impressed me probably. Dylan Brown and Reid Marnie were the two impressive players for me out of that performance for yeah. the Eels. Mm, I think Reid Marnie was a, was probably the uh, the big improver, if you could say that, even though he's come off of, of a pretty good injury, bit bad injury, mm. if you like. Um uh, Moses did what he's been doing. He's solid and he's scheming. And you know, he, he came into his own when the the forward, middle forward started to get a bit tired from the Broncos. Um, the Broncos just didn't uh, just looked lackluster to me. I, I know they're missing a couple of players. Um, I think they'll be better for when those players come back. But uh, mm. yeah, I, I don't know. I, 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 if the Broncos make the eight this year, I think they're just going to make the eight. I, I think there's some teams around that are. I think there's at least seven teams around that are better. Um, well, remember, 
entering the weekend, we'd heard the story about how Seabold was going to rotate his squad. Mm. And I came back to you and said, well, look at the next four games the Broncos have got. They could conceivably be two and four yeah. after six weeks. Well, yeah, first one yeah. is down and they've got the Roosters this week. So he'll, like he'll, rotate his, he'll rotate his squad, uh, but he'll always pick the best 17. Unless they're not exactly. Available. <laughs> uh, the next game, we saw the Cowboys and the Titans up there in Townsville. Uh, the Cowboys really didn't miss Michael Morgan that much. And no, it was a pretty impressive effort from Val Holmes. I thought was really good. Tamalolo, yeah, you know, Tamalolo, uh, what as as advertised. Yeah, the player though, I'll give a big rap to, and he should be starting for the Cowboys. And as as good as young Jakey Granville was when he was young, Jakey Granville. Mm. He's not the answer at nine. Reese Robson needs to be the nine at the Cowboys. Yeah, where was he last year, Reese Robson? He was at the Saints. Yeah, he good let go. Uh, nice let go, Mary. Well, that's, we'll get to the Dragons in a sec, but that was probably one player who can hold his head high after Saturday. Um, but Reese Robson, he added something and he, and he, he created... It's one of the, the things that Granville for years said, oh, great from dummy half. He's predictable at dummy half now, whereas Robson on Friday night, he was really selective in when he went and yeah. he... Cut up uh, a Titans team. Look, they tried hard, um, but the cattle's not there. Uh, the changes that Holbrook made, they weren't going to result in like a five-match winning streak. He's got to try some things, but there are some passengers up there, oh, and they're going to be there the rest of the year. He's, big time. He's just got to ride it and hope that his contract allows for one or two years of finishing in the bottom to look at years three and four. Yeah, he, I don't know if they're going to finish last, but they'll be in the bottom three. Um, for sure, the Titans. Yeah, uh, yeah uh, drama's up there as far as cattle goes. That's all you can say about them, mate. But I think, but I do think that the the, the Cowboys had a good hit out, and I, I think that that ground up there is going to be a little bit of a um, a fortress up there. It's a long way to go. It's a long so then way come to go. back. <laughs> well, um, and come back the same day. You know, it's a long so, way yeah, to go, man. It's not good. Uh, drink water was impressive. As Very said, good Holmes player as well. And Jake Clifford probably had the best game I've seen him play good in player. the top grade. Yep. Um, uh, the other game was the big blockbuster: Latrell versus uh, seventeen players that played with him last year. <laughs> That's how I pretty much interpreted that match. Yeah. Um, Latrell was up for it in the second half. The first half undecided, but in the second half, he I thought he probably did pull his finger out a little bit and had a bit of a crack. Uh, but this game. Uh, South were okay in the first half, all things considered. And the Roosters, but the Roosters, they just seemed to just gradually just fill up the tank and, and get to that bit where you went, that's the team that won the comp back-to-back. Yeah. Look, the Roosters look look good. Even even young Kyle Flanagan is is uh, fitting in nicely. I mean, mm. uh, Kiri's taken probably a little bit more responsibility in the halves, but it, it blokes like Boyd Cordner. You know, Boyd hadn't played yeah. since last year. Um and uh, I think he looks a lot fresher. The lines that he's running are, are back to where, you know, he when he's got a, when he's got fresh legs, he'll run that that inside line again. You know, he'll come from the left back onto the inside. In sometimes he'll go behind the A defender or whatever. But he's yep. he's looking fresh. You know, he played he played the whole eighty minutes, I believe. No, he didn't actually. I oh, didn't. I thought he, he got, did. He got subbed with about ten fifteen to go. Oh, when did he? One, okay. which I think was a really good move from Robinson. Well, yeah, and he's going to and. Yeah. Who was it? Someone in the, in the, it was the Fox commentary, I think. Um, yeah, it was. But they mentioned that if we hadn't have had the delay at the start of the season with us, mm. like he might not have played the first month. Yeah. Yeah. Which makes a bit of a mockery for old Nick Pilatus' uh, I'm preparing for 24 game season mm. um, if he wasn't going to play for the first I, four I, weeks. I think, I think they're going to have to manage him, you know, because he's mm. obviously got 
ongoing issues. But the good thing is he doesn't have to worry about Origin until the end of the year. Bingo. And uh, Bingo. you know, I, well, look, I, I think the Roosters are, are probably again pretty much uh, deserved favourites for this competition. Just looking at that hit out, um, Souths, Souths for mine. Look, they look a little bit underdone in the forwards. They're not going forward very easy. Um, I know they miss Sam Burgess uh, big time. Um, but it's like they need another... Maybe Cam Murray needs to go back to the middle. Uh, he's, he's playing on an edge. He, he couldn't have played any better than he played. I know, but but you, th- th- those those speedy legs for the third play, you know, like have, having him on the second or third hit-up after a good hit-up, um, they're missing... First, they're missing a penetrating play. They've got, you know, they've got Burgess um, there, Tom. Um, but... And there's other guys trying, um, but they just missed that real go forward and those fast feet. So, and and Cook was busy. Like yeah, Cook, Cook, Cook wasn't. I wouldn't. Ineffective is the wrong word, but he 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 tried his guts out. The guy mm. who I thought played really poorly was Adam Reynolds. Adam he Reynolds didn't get. I heard I heard a comment from a commentator about seventy minutes in and said Adam Reynolds hasn't been tackled yet with the ball. He hasn't taken the line on, and I don't know in the last didn't ten kick in the first half. First half, Troy Dargan, who's Poor old doing Dargan. wall time. Dargan was on his own. I, I, I don't know what – maybe Adam Reynolds is Really injured. strange one. I'm not sure. He's normally a pretty brave player. But, yeah, mm. um, look, you, you, on that on that kind of hit out, if you were to give the Roosters 10 out of 10, you'd have to be looking at about a 7 for the, the Rabbitohs with some work to do. Um, yeah. So hopefully uh, hopefully the Clint Eastwood can get them I back. think Melbourne – uh, take on the Rabbitohs next week. That'll be yes, an interesting challenge for yep. South Sydney. Uh, Saturday, the Warriors, 44 of 46 or some ridiculous uh, completion stat for them. Mm. They played pretty well. Uh, look, it was you were watching the match and you sort of went, it was still a very much, it felt like a case of the only way they were going to do anything is if um, Tuovasashek pulled something out. But <laughs> Mikarima found some moments in yep. the second half. Yep. Uh, they got lucky with the first try when Ducky couldn't handle the kick. Um, and Katawa, the young fellow, he looks like a prospect. That big, big yeah. fellow, I mean, he's he's about seven foot three. He's a, he's been around for a couple of years now, though, hasn't he? Not Katawa. Katawa's what's, what's his first name? Elisa Katawa. Oh, it's a different one. Okay, sorry. Yeah, he he like apparently has played thirteen games rugby league. Oh, he's okay. already played three first grade games. Yeah. Uh, but that, that's not even like as great as what the Warriors have, have been in terms of a good news story, staying in Australia and and being willing to quarantine and stuff. It's not the story from this match. The story is the St. George or Laura Dragons, mate, and I'm going to leave it to you. Oh, mate, they're just not trying. It's it's straight up and down. I don't know if, if McGregor's lost the dressing room, but they're not buying what he's selling. Um, no. You know, and I, in reality, I don't want to spend a long time on this, but I, I don't yeah, think but... you can blame McGregor. What you can do is you can blame the board that re-signed him because they, they have this thing down there in at – St. George Illawarra, where they want to promote from within all the time. They want an old boy to come and coach the yeah. team. Well, the only success that they've had in the last 40 years is when Wayne Bennett won him a competition. And he's not an old boy. He's an old bloke, but he's not a St. George old boy. Um, every time they've gone, the, the year after they went for the water boy, Steve Price, Wayne Bennett's water boy, you know, dismal. You know, absolutely mm-hmm. dismal failure. Then McGregor. I mean, he's won eight games out of 27. Got a 29% win ratio overall. I mean, it's, you know, 
They need a big clean out down there. I, I liken them a little bit to the to the Bulldogs. I think I might have said this to you. They need a big clean out. They need to stop promoting from within. They need to find people that can do the job. It's like a business. It's a, it's a business. If you don't, if you've got a business and you think, oh, geez, I, I need a new financial director. The only only person around here I haven't promoted lately is a janitor. I'll bring him in and do it. I mean, you know, seriously, get the best person for the job. They're talking about possibly replacing McGregor and why they probably won't or or try yep. not to is because they believe it's going to cost them $1.8 million. Now, I want to know how much he's getting paid. Because I'll tell you now, if he's getting paid any more than two, if he's getting paid any more than two hundred grand a year, right, he is pulling the wool. Or again, you get what you whatever you can get. But anyone who signed him to any more than two hundred grand a year is off their head. You know, um, he's had no, he's had no unbelievable player, good bloke, but he's had no success as a coach. None, hasn't won anything. Right, um, so. It's it's time for him to go, but I just don't know if they're going to be able to afford to to for him to go. They can't they can't even let him go and bring and and bring the assistant in because the assistant still spending is is still under suspension for another year or two. What a great uh, what a what a masterstroke that was! And they're probably paying the bloke. They're probably paying him three or four hundred grand a year too. Wouldn't surprise me. Let's be um, honest. I'm going you know? to come back to where I uh, tracked you at the start of the year. I uh, started the podcast. Sorry, with the completions. Uh, yep. Now McGregor is always about. Oh, we we beat ourselves today. We didn't execute the game plan. We didn't. Didn't complete. We didn't hold the ball. 83% completion rate for the Dragons. Um, they made almost as many metres, and I don't know stats, you can read them any way you like, almost as many metres as the Warriors. Only made 60 less tackles. Mm. Uh, made almost the same amount of line breaks, tackle breaks. Um, they had more in their set distance than the... Look, they're just all statistics that mean nothing at Correct. the moment because... Because of the outcome, and because the Warriors did everything that St George did, but only better. But at the end of the day, you know the recruitment of not only the coach but the players at the Dragons is, uh, you know, raises an eyebrow or two every time you speak to somebody who knows what they're talking about. Um, you know, they brought Ben Hunt in on a million dollars, which which choked their salary cap. Okay, no one knows if he's a six, seven, nine, or a fifteen, um, and I don't even think he knows. Who was talking? It was Ennis. Ennis was talking on Fox Sports. He goes, oh, you can't put him on the bench. Put him at nine. Oh, but McInnes is – where is he going to play? Are you going to play him at lock? Yeah. Their, their, recru- their recruitment has been terrible. Their recruitment has been oh. terrible. Frizzell's not interested, right? Uh, obviously, morale well, – I've got a theory with Frizzell. I'll put it – he is a outstanding player at rep level. Mm. Oh, struggles I know what you're going to say. No, I've seen no, him. I'm not saying I've seen him really dig in at club level when he's interested, and I don't think he's. I'm interested. not saying the effort's not there. Mm. I just don't think he's. I don't think he's the oh, wherever he's getting at Newcastle. He's apparently the seven hundred or whatever, or he was on at, at, at um, the Dragon. He's not worth that money at club level. He's just mm. not. You can't play. I don't think you can pay a back rower who offers what he offers. Well, well, your mate John, your, your mate John Bateman seems to think so. And I'll tell you right now, if I had to have one of those players playing for my life, I'll take Frizzell uh, over Bateman. And, and I'm not just that, being that a, speaks to what I'm saying about rep level. And I'm not just being a Dragons fanatic because I'm no, I, at I, the I, moment. I'm saying, I'm off he, he's a he's a lifter. He's a lifter in but, the games that matter. But if you go across their team, you know, let's give this another thirty seconds of air before we suffocate the the you know the thing. Um, I think if you look across their team. They've let a lot of players go that they should have held on to. They went and picked. They thought they were doing a great job by picking up Corey Norman. Well, I'll tell you what: when the Broncos don't want him and Para don't want him, uh, there's an issue. Um, 
you know, so again, could be a fantastic guy. Wouldn't know. Um, ben Hunt dropped the grand final. They hired him. Um, they thought it was a great master trap. Well, we've got the Broncos halfback that dropped the grand final. Um, you know, seriously, they've got to start looking around and looking wider for people to run the club. Whoever's running the football at the moment, something's up. Having Jack DeBellin hang around at training all the time can't be good. You know, oh, we've got to look after his welfare. Yeah, but it screwed everyone else's head. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So they're a basket case, mate, and I suggest that they'll probably finish last. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they finish last. I think if they finish second last, they've done a good job for what they've what, for the way they've started. Um, so that's really – and I'm, dis- I'm disappointed. You can hear it in my yeah. voice. I'm disappointed. Oh, absolutely. Because every year um, this same thing, you know, rolls around there's a, isn't what's that saying yeah about you know um the definition of of stupidity is to do the same thing over and over and over again and expect, expect a, different a different outcome result. um they're just doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting a different and i'll outcome. make a prediction as we wrap up the dragons hmm. the fall guy this weekend will be one matt dufty because oh yeah guy about 17 times and he yep anyway they'll let's fire, move on buddy they'll, they'll fire a winger and matt dufty Yep. Uh, Full time in the other matches. We'll get through them pretty quickly. Sharks uh, and the Tigers. The Tigers started really well and fell into a hole. Mm. And then they came back at the end. Tigers, look, that's a good win for them. That's a team they've got to beat to make the eight. So I I can't be too critical of Cronulla. They weren't on. But Tigers, that's a good win. Cronulla have had a difficult week. Um, You know, I know that nobody in the club, the playing group there, uh, had to face a tribunal or whatever he's doing this week with Bronson Sherry, but uh, it, it would affect him. You know, he's an, he was an yep. integral part of the, the team uh, and for him, for that to happen to him uh, with the drug scandal thing, then it, it, it upsets the team. Um, I, I feel sorry for John Morris. I mean, you know, the, the bloke can't take a trick. Um, no. when, he, when he lobbed to the joint, they were over the salary cap um, and he had to wear that, you know, as a kind of badge of dishonour uh, and the rest of the club. But that said, taking nothing away from the Tigers, they did really good, mate. The, the little bit of steel that Madge brings to some teams, uh, or most teams that he coaches, I think is starting to emerge now with the, the Tigers, and uh, we're seeing a team that won't give up as easy. I, I think I just think with the, with the Sharks this weekend, Moylan first game back, Rusty, uh, Dugan kind of petered out after about 60 minutes. I don't know what happened. He seemed to have run out of interest or, or mm. petrol. I'm not sure. Mm. Um, probably more petrol than anything else, you know. Uh, but, yeah, um, they've got some work they to do. Some cruises. They've got some work to do, mate. <laughs> uh, next game uh, was probably, um, look, you know, I'm a Raiders fan, but probably their most impressive win of the weekend, which yeah. was Canberra over Melbourne in Melbourne. Says the Raiders fan. Yeah, go on. Oh, my team won, so I can say what I like. Of course. Uh, has your team won? Oh, no, I haven't won this year. We've won three in a row. Hmm, interesting. Uh, Raiders 22. When did you last win a grand final? Oh, that's right. The <laughs> yeah, 994. I remember. Hmm. Then we won in 1990, and then we won in 989 as well. Um, oh, Saints have won hmm. a few too, mate. Yeah. Keep not as many since we've won. Um, hmm. Anyway, uh, 22 to 6. Uh, Canberra really good. Uh, the first 20, they blew Melbourne out of the park, and Melbourne chased their tails pretty much after that, even though they had a really good swing of possession in that second half. They had yep. the ball a lot on Canberra's line. Canberra didn't play well with the ball in that second half, mm. but their defence stood up. And I know uh, we didn't really do a preview of the weekend, but I was pretty confident going into this game in regards to I felt we were a better team. Yeah. And 
I haven't felt this way for about 25 years in regards to playing really good football teams. Going into the match thinking we are a better team than them. I've, I've felt at times we might be a better team. We might beat them. We could beat them. But through this game, I'm thinking we'll hold on here. And we might even, like, we, we will, it might be 18 6 at full time. Mm. We've got to try at the end with a bit of uh, flair. But the story of this match, two things. Um, firstly, Josh Hodgson played really, really well. Uh, and to ever back up the whole stats don't matter thing, I think he had 30 odd tackles, seven missed tackles, 11, you know, like, stats, put them to the side sometimes because he was influential in that game. And George Williams, now, you, had you seen any of George Williams before he arrived in Australia? No, not a, not a game. Nothing. Now, I know we discussed good. it and I said I was pretty excited about the fact we'd got him. I'd yeah. said enough to say that he was a bit of a running seven. He was fantastic. I'm not going to spend, we haven't got heaps of time left, but uh, Canberra, it's nice to have a halfback. That's all I will say. Any thoughts on the Raiders? Yeah, look, mate, they're, they're very, very impressive. Um, uh, they've gone up a gear since last year, I think. Um, and that's, and, and you know, my, my whole feeling across the whole weekend was that most teams were rusty, especially in their attack except for the Raiders. The Raiders look good. Um, mm. In saying that, Whiten was a little quiet, um, probably quieter than what I would have thought. But you don't mind that when you've got Williams. You want one of your halves to be having a good game. The other one just to play a, uh, you know, kind of like a, um, a sideman role. Um, and it doesn't matter which one. But there'll be games this year where Whiten will be more dominant, you know. But I think, you know, I think Canberra did a great job of frustrating um, Melbourne, they played ad lib football as well as structure, um, and uh, Chansey Nickel Clockstad is a is a is a superhero as far as I'm he's concerned. The amount of meters he he brought the ball back from from the back, um, you know, he's got a great work ethic. ethic. And hard he's, runs, yes, hard, not not just no, your, your, not just trotting into the line. No, he he runs hard. He 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 takes he takes on the forwards in the middle. Um, uh, he's a he's a real asset. Uh, I think that Ricky should try and tie him up for a. I don't know if he has, but he, I'll be trying I think to get he's him. End of twenty twenty three. I think he's contracted. Yeah, good, the good. Um, Unless he chatters to Isaac Moses, he's his manager. Well, maybe, maybe yeah, he might get a, an extension till twenty thirty three. Um, now, look, I think he's. I think uh, the whole team looked really good. Um, looked really well coached. Um, and you know, I don't say that lightly with Ricky because he and I have had a, a love hate. Although it's more love these days than hate. From my end, I've, anyway. I've, I've turned you around on Ricky. Come yeah, on, actually, Ricky turned me around on Ricky. Um, and uh, no, mate, they did really good. They did really good. What about hey? What about uh, Papa Papali? Uh, you know, when he's off the field, and when we were texting, but when Horsbrand and he were off the field, they they did look like that. Maybe Melbourne had their measure, um, and and Ricky made us kind of almost gasp for air. You know, like those. Those last three or four minutes before they came back on, they looked like they were going down the drain, yep. um, Canberra. They looked like they just lost their momentum, you know. And then when the big the big Ranger and Papali came back on, that's you know the Ranger did make one mistake there with a silly yep. attempted pass, but um, he's young, he, you know. But as soon as Papali comes back on, it's like the rudder is back on the boat. Um, he's a really integral part to their their team, as is Hodgson, and and you know, so uh, mate, great and effort. Still got to add. Bateman to this team, yes. um, and we know how good he was last year. Mm. Uh, let's get through the other games quickly. You're at Panthers Knights. I was. We both agree, effort-wise and and gut-wise, sensational effort from Newcastle. Absolutely, fifteen players, fifteen players for sixty Pierce minutes. And you lose Watson, which are their two main attacking players on that field. Yep. Um, but that wasn't how they won the game with attack. It was their defense was phenomenal. Uh, as Penrith, and we touched on it earlier. 
just seem to want to get through the whole completion idea. The, 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 let's get up the field and get to a kick and let's get up the yeah. field and get to a kick. And they got a kid like Stephen Crichton, who I was cheering was in the starting team. And the mm-hmm. only reason he got, the only time he got the ball was on a cross kick to go trying to use his height. Yeah. Just throw on the ball. Get in the ball. See what he, he yeah, needs Denari to Tuala yeah. up yeah. against him. I mean, he needs the ball oh. in open play, um, Stephen Crichton. Uh, it seemed to me that Penrith played with a little bit of arrogance. They thought, I think they thought they had it won when they got to 14-0. And, mm. and it's not often that you can get to 14-0 and, and then not a, a team is going to come back at you at some stage. And um, I think Penrith were lucky and unlucky. They were desperately unlucky that Cleary didn't play because I think it would have been a, probably a different result. They were lucky that... Pierce and, and Watson went. Um, and Ponga wasn't playing at all. And and I think Penrith is also unlucky that Matt Burton can't kick a field goal. Five attempts, every one of them in front. Um, they were a bit out, were you gifts. know, 35. They were, they were gifts for 35. a player who clearly can hit the ball pretty well. Oh, he kicks that it a long is. way. Um, pressure might have gotten to him. I, I don't like to, to to really hang him out to dry too much when they're very young like he is. Um, yep. But from five attempts, you've got to be getting one of those. I hope he's practising this week. I hope he's practising his field goals. I know Cleary would have slotted probably four of those five. Yeah, he um, gets another week in first grade. Uh, yep. And the interesting part of that performance was that Burton did all the picking and Jer- Jerome Lillai did not. Jerome was very that, quiet, wasn't he? I found that fascinating. I, I just went... It, it's weird, mate, because everyone says that Jerome was a better halfback when they were in the 15s and 16s than Cleary. And Cleary obviously, uh, you know, matured and, and emerged more. But Jerome, I don't know, he, I'm, I'm, maybe I'm reading it wrong, but I, I look I look at him and I watch him be very hot and cold. And some games I've seen him play, he's been very good. Uh, I just want him and Cleary to settle together and, and let's just hope they can tick-tock dance till I was, the cows come home. I was just surprised that Luai wasn't the dominant half, mm. given he is going to be the guy alongside Cleary. Next up. Anyway, uh, Newcastle, that's a hugely valuable point for them. Absolutely. You will take that with both arms. If you're um, O'Brien, the coach up there, who has been preaching defense apparently since the day he got up there. Doing a good job. Match. Doing a good job. Let's not talk about it much, but the Tommy show, uh, Trebojevic 32, Bulldogs 6, and they're lucky to get 6. They were uh, lucky to get 6, mate. They, they jagged that 6. Um, it was, We're not going to spend heaps of time on these guys because there's a couple of things we have to talk about yeah, to finish this look, show. But. Uh, look, mate, Manly was, were as strong as lots of people are saying. Um, uh, you know, a lot of people are saying that, that they're in the top four. I believe they're a top eight team. Um, the, the Bulldogs are a bottom four team. Uh, they struggle. They, they struggle because um, they don't have a halves. They don't have one half between the two that are playing now that is any good yeah. um, or, or good enough to get them into finals football, for for that matter. Um, I think they struggle right across the field. I think they've got the wrong guy in the number one jersey. Um, I, I just think that poor old Dean Pay, uh, every time he tries to bring someone to the club or tries to get a signing, he gets hit on the head with a hammer and says, get back in your corner, mate. We do that stuff here, not you. Um, so I think that he's... Yeah, he, he's his hands are tied a little bit, mate, and... and the Bulldogs will have an unhappy year. They'll beat a couple of teams, but they're going to have an unhappy year, unfortunately. Yep. Uh, so. They've got Kieran Foran, uh, evidently, soon to return. And he was a big reason why they had a pretty good back end of the year last he year. He played very but, good, yeah. yeah. But um, I, I, You know, I, this isn't going to fix things for the, the Bulldogs, but I would like to see him give Avarillo a chance somewhere in that team um, and just see what he's got. And he may not have it. I mean, there's you can, you can come on with 20 minutes to go and flash once or twice and everyone goes giving the keys to Gus so you can't do that yeah, no. but I don't know maybe at six uh, I don't wouldn't put him in the centres because the pressure on him then defensively is too big for a kid that age mm. maybe fullback I'm with you I think DWZ 
hasn't played good football for a long time. Uh, I didn't like how he left Penrith. It would seem like a bit of a toys out of the cop moment. Mm. And he does not want to catch the high ball. No. Watch every time. He has no confidence going up for the high ball whatsoever. Yeah, he, he, he's got to go. Have that at fullback. He's got to go back to the wing. Meany's got to go to fullback, in my opinion. I think the Marshall King, if they're going to persist with him in the team, he's got to be in the six if they're not going to hire someone like Josh Reynolds. Uh, and they need to manufacture a, manufacture a, uh, a um, hooker um, well, for foreign. Lachlan Lewis, he can tackle. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe he's the answer. Uh, I'm not too know. sure, but he's not the answer at half or five eight. Um, no, that's for uh, sure. Cogger, Cogger, put the line through. I'm sorry, it's just he's not he's not the guy for oh, it. Was a spoken shade more. Was a spoken line through. No, no. <laughs> line through. Although Mick Ennis was a bit more forthright uh, in regards to that. We have some hot takes. Speaking of hot takes, Michael Ennis uh, to wrap up the show. We only got about five minutes, so we'll be back after the break here on Not the Footy Show. Not the Footy Show. It's, it's a proud, successful club. They don't want to wait three, four, five years for these juniors to come through. So what's the solution? The solution is put Foran in when he comes back healthy and put Reynolds next to him. They're two quality halves that can manage them through this period. Josh's deal would only be for 18 months. It's like a sun in here. Okay, wrapping up episode 213, Not the Footy Show. It's Monday after round number three. Uh, Roberto Cocksmith over there, Warwick Nicholson here. This is going to be our hot take segment, mate. Uh, it's amazing what happens when you haven't had rugby league for three months. Everybody thinks that we've been playing for three months. So we have to have categoric hot takes that will impact the rest of the year, the rest of the decade. And yep. most of them have come from the Daily Telegraph. Uh, to start with, though, um, probably my favourite is when you get a journalist who is known for a sport who um, ends up on some of those sort of variety talk shows, sport talk shows, and ends up actually being very good at talking about all sports. Mm-hmm. And funnily enough, I'm not talking about Peter Fitzsimmons. I'm talking about Robert Craddock. Um, he has come out, and I haven't read the article. I'm going to be very honest here. I have not read the article because I have no desire to read the article. But the headline is pretty much, is Craig Bellamy's time up at the Melbourne Storm? How do you take mm. that for a hot take, mate? Uh, look. Craig Bellamy's time's up when Craig says time's up, mate. Um, and and I don't care what anyone says. Melbourne Storm will not be the last club he coaches. I'll, there's a here's a hot tip for you right now. Here's a, here, I'll even go further. Twenty twenty two when the new Queensland team comes in, Bellamy will coach him. Here's one for you. How about that? He'll cop one point two million a year for it. Bellamy's bombers. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, Bellamy's whatever, bombers. Whatever. Bombers. The Ipswich. I don't know. Whatever. What I think that's where they're going to put a team. I reckon they're going to put a team in Toowoomba or Ipswich. And I think they'd be smart to do that because Ipswich is probably better because it's it's like it's like the western suburbs version of uh, um, Sydney, um, and I think uh, there's a lot of people out there in the heartland that like um, rugby league. But Craig Bellamy's time is not up at Melbourne. He's fine. He's lost one game. They won the first two matches. They won the minor premiership. Like he's the winningest so coach laughable. in the comp. I mean. It's like I need to fill some words. What am I going to write? And mm. speaking of which, we have another one. Uh, also from the Telegraph, uh, they decided that given Tom Trebojevic was so good last night, is it is it possible that Tom Trebojevic is putting pressure on James Tedesco for the New South Wales Origin fullback job? No. <laughs> it's like they even did a poll. I know it riles me up. I know the whole idea behind the people sitting there is going, what can we do that can get some clicks? What can we do that can get people angry? That's all. Not, the, that's all like, the telegraphs about now, mate. Is clickbait. Why can't we just be happy that both are playing? Both played outstandingly well on the weekend. Funnily enough, we won Origin 
with Tommy in the centres. Yeah. To to do your one. Hello. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just, I really struggle with that. Just celebrate the fact that they're both guns. And Absolutely. They're both New South Welshmen. How good did, how could anyone that knows anything about rugby league look at Tedesco, Tedesco's game uh, the other night against South and Tommy's game on Sunday and think that, that Tedesco's going down the drain? I mean, Tommy played outstanding. Don't get me wrong. He always has. He He's a great player. But yep. again, you pick a player to play for your life. Do you want James? Do you want Tommy? I'll take James. Yep, Teddy. Uh, the last one. Uh, actually, there's there's two B. Uh, Michael Ennis. We we discussed it this morning. It prelude, uh, was a prelude to this podcast. Uh, he was scathing on the um, Bulldogs. And that's what he's paid to do at Fox Sports. He is paid to yep. basically have a thought and yep. then fill thirty seconds. That's yep. the way it works. Yep. And he was he swept the, the broom through the Bulldogs halves and a bunch of players. And then he pushed the Josh Reynolds barrow, mate. He, he believes that they should never have got rid of him, which if we just go back for two seconds, the reason the Bulldogs did not hold on to Josh Reynolds is that he wanted $900,000. And at that stage, they weren't even convinced he was in their first grade team. Well, I, I don't know if he wanted nine hundred. to be fair. I think the Tigers offered nine hundred, and he went, oh, really? Okay, well, I can probably get about five hundred or five fifty here. You know what? I think I'll take the nine hundred. And so Bulldogs. it was his choice. The Bulldogs have made the right call by going moving on from him. They weren't getting anywhere with him in there. And look, I said this to you in the text. I think their investment in Kieran Foran was a better use of their resources because I think he offers more than what Reynolds could. I think, I think Ennis that's... is now pushing Reynolds will fix everything. Yeah, look. What? No, look, I, 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 I'll, I'll take you to task a little bit. I think, I actually think, I, I do agree with what you're saying in as much as they moved on from Josh Reynolds. Um, yeah. But what they've got, what they've, purchase since is no better than Josh Reynolds. Um, you know what I'm saying? They, but they, I, I'm not disagreeing with that. But they didn't want to cough up the other three hundred or 350000 to keep him. Um, they wanted to invest in the future, um, although that those investments haven't turned out to be great. But, yep, which is uh, their prerogative. He's only played, I think he's played last year. Games or something. In- I think it's 12 or 13 games. He's played all up for, for about $1.7 million. Uh, they've 13, 13 games or 14 games at the most. I think it was five one year and seven last year. So, or five one year and, and eight, whatever it is. It's under 15 games. Mm. Um, and look, he has had off-field dramas, which was um, you know well publicised last night on 60 Minutes. And, and just for the record, uh, that chick's crazy, man. Ch- I didn't watch it. Oh, she's cray-cray. She's out there. I didn't watch it. Oh, she's out there, boy. <laughs> oh, man. Um, anyway, so I've got to feel sorry for him in that regard. But I'll tell you, um, I think I think he would be a good fit to go back. The problem is that the hurdle they've got is the nine hundred or $850,000 that, that the Tigers are paying him. They don't want to pay any of it, right? And yeah. obviously the Bulldogs want a bargain. So, uh, you know, I don't know how much the Tigers would be willing to pay. They might pay 200 of it to, to offload him, but I, but he's going to have to take a pay cut to go it's back just to not, the Bulldogs. It's not the way forward for the Dogs. And, and I'm, I, I hear you. I he, think it's... He probably, I think it, would, he probably would improve them to a, to a degree, but he's not going to change the fortunes of that club. So it's just... Mm. it's you, You've got to move on from that. And mm. look, if it means you're moving on from the Coggers and the Lewises and the Wakem, or they re-sign Wakem, but just settle down with the... 
sign this bloke from reserve road because he didn't even make the Tigers team this week. I get what you're saying, right? But just p- picture this from the Tigers' point of view. The Tigers want – I think the Tigers want Josh Reynolds oh. to be interested in going back to the Bulldogs. That's what they want. I still can't believe they signed him. Well, some people can't. But I, I still think that they want that narrative. They, they want people to be talking about this. Uh, and the Bulldogs are interested because they've got nobody else. So – it could be a meeting of the minds and it could be a, a match made in heaven or hell. Who knows which one? But, um, you know, I, I, I get what I get. What Ennis is frustrated because he's seeing the team go down the drain uh, every week that they're playing. And it's got to be frustrating for old mate Dean Pay as well. So, anyway, what's your next hot cake? To make me feel, take? feel any better, I'll just level it out a little bit. Um, how Ennis feels about the Bulldogs right now is how I felt about New South Wales when Ennis was at the number nine job ahead of Rocky Farrer. Just Ooh, saying it. That's, that's how I felt. Tough. That's that's tough. I couldn't understand it. Couldn't understand it. Yeah, you know what? I'll, I'll even the argument out and tell you that I much preferred Ennis to Farrow. That's all the time we have for anybody today. Uh, we have to for any uh, podcast the last, ever. <laughs> the last hot take is actually a good hot take. Uh, it's from at Gorn Let's, which is a Twitter account. Uh, it's Let's Go on Warriors. He goes, how do we play? How good do we play when the threat of Paul Gallon joining us is hanging <laughs> over our heads if we don't perform? Yeah, I saw that. Uh, that's a gr- <laughs> round <laughs> of applause. That is outstanding. That is the yeah. hot take of the weekend. That's a good and one. that is episode 213 of the Footy Show. Rob Cox, thanks very much for your company, buddy. No worries, mate. Thank you. Thank you very much. I've uh, got to go to the post office. Got that one out uh, pretty well. We will try and do more regular pods. Um, in the wake of weekend football, if we can. One of the things we're doing on YouTube, actually, is we're splitting up the pod. So if you don't want to sit through the, the hour or so that we do and you want to see a segment, we just put the segment up. So as I mentioned at the start of the show, uh, the six again, yet again, I'll, I'll cut it up, put it out, and you can watch in each segment if you would like. Mm-hmm. Uh, Facebook.com slash general podcast, YouTube.com slash W Nicholson, just like the website. Um, you can watch all those segments uh, at NRL Tweet. At Rob Cox uh, with two Bs. And uh, that's been another edition of Not The Footy Show. Thanks, mate. Awesome, mate. Catch you soon, eh? Pepsi. Not The Footy Show. Show? So one will be yours. Uh, I have actually helped. I think I bought 20 of them. So. Oh, yeah? You're going to... Uh, we can gonna sell them the... or we can gift them, gift them out. It's people's escape. It's people's relaxation. And... We need to do everything in order to continue that great uh, tradition of... Pepsi.